Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. We all play the what-if game, Trista. And we looked at it a little bit last night and some things that happened maybe in the West over the last five years. Tim Bontemps just gave us, really has racked our brains over the last, I'd say, day or so with this article we put on ESPN.com. What-ifs over the last five years in the Western Conference. But there's a whole other one. And there's the entire East. I think we both had our own like all-time NBA what-ifs. It's always going to be Kobe and Shaq for me. And whether or not they could have won seven titles had they played together the entire time. I can't remember. What did you say yours was again? I can't remember what that one was. Penny, Penny and Shaq. That's right. They both involved Shaq, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's crazy. We didn't even consult one another. I know. It just kind of popped in. Great minds think alike. It's Shaq. And it's, I mean, listen, Shaq in that era, that was... In that time, Shaq was the dominant. Shaq, Shaq was what Steph is today. It's just polar opposite, right? Change the game. Teams are changing the way that they play just because of one player, and that, that's that's who Shaq was. Some of them, I think, some of these ones on here, I think, could be a little bit more, um, you know, they could be bigger than others. Like, here's one that, that I think he put on here first that kind of doesn't... I don't know if it resonates huge for me, but it's what if the Celtics had re-signed Al Horford instead of, I guess, going, you know, when he left and went to uh, to Philadelphia in 2019 in that free agency? I mean, I don't know if Al Horford's somebody that makes a difference where you're like, oh, yeah, this guy would have taken him over the top to win a title. But Horford's, con- like, he's one of those guys. There's Look, there's always, we have our stars, but there's always those players, great veteran guys that seem to step up in the playoffs. And we saw that even this past year in Boston where in the playoffs, all of a sudden, you're getting games where I'm I'm sitting there and I'm betting overs on his points and his threes. I'm like, where is this coming from? It's old Al Horford all over again. So maybe if you had that stretch, you could look at it and say Boston could have maybe won a title. I just don't I, – I, there's no way I can – in my right mind, I can say Al Horford is somebody that takes a team all the way through to win a title. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, maybe you say, okay, well, Al Horford – you would have had him, and then you would have been able maybe to beat Miami and go up against uh, Bam Adebayo. But to me, that's just kind of like a – I don't know that Bam Adebayo was getting bullied by Al Horford. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that as being a being a thing. My, my what-if isn't even on Tim Bontemps' list, which is what if Kyrie Irving never sprains his ankle against, uh, against the Bucks? Mm-hmm. They were dog walking the Bucks. I was mm-hmm. at that game. Was a game two, and they were up by I think almost fifty. It was one of the most insane playoff games I've ever seen. They were up at least forty, and I was like, I got to get up out of here. They ended up making <laughs> a little comeback, and I got to get up out of here. Got to beat the, the traffic. Be crazy. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And then Kyrie Irving sprains his ankle. And everything changes. Yes, the foot on the line, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Kevin Durant spraining his knee. But if Kyrie Irving doesn't sprain his ankle, they beat the Bucks in four. They are well-rested. And they end up probably dog-walking the Phoenix Suns. They have a championship, and they don't break up at all. Well, it's interesting that you say that because he does mention on here, what if the Nets, Kevin Durant, didn't suffer a pair of knee sprains. I feel like there's a lot of different what-ifs with Kevin Durant over the years. Some of them also go back to Golden State. I mean, obviously the torn Achilles. That, that to me, actually could be the ultimate what-if if you're looking at just Kevin Durant in general. That Because they still could have beaten Toronto 
in those NBA Finals if Clay Thompson had gotten hurt, but you still had Durant. Like, that changed everything. But to Kevin Durant over the years, and I don't think this gets mentioned enough, Kevin Durant over the years has had some very significant injuries in very key spots that have really changed the outlook of his time in Golden State and his time in Brooklyn. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, Brooklyn's the, probably the greatest what-if that we've had in our last yeah. 10 years, 15 years. It's going to go down as one of the best, greatest what-if teams in basketball because, because Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden went fully healthy and at their peak with the with the players that you know they had surrounding them it was just a wrap it didn't make sense it felt completely unfair everybody in the league felt that way as well so if those if those three were all together for 5 years i don't even know what the east looks like you know that's a good point i mean as much as i think of the kobe shack what if i mean the the big 3 that the nets had for 20 games or whatever the hell it was had they actually had even just two to three seasons to try and really put that thing together, build some chemistry, and see where it went. I mean, obviously it would have been a letdown if they didn't win two titles in three years, but the first year you can kind of give a little bit of leeway, right? It's like, all right, it's the first year these guys have been together, but they just had it never even had a shot to get off the ground, which is a lot of different things. It's it's personalities, it's injuries, uh, it's a pandemic, and you know Kyrie not wanting to get vaccinated and that whole aspect, which is something nobody could have predicted in 2019, obviously, with what that whole situation was going to be. But the Nets, in terms of what-ifs, it might probably be right under now for me, Shaq and Kobe, now that I think about it. That was... That's one of the ultimate, oh, my God, they put this thing together, and then a snap of a finger, it's completely destroyed and completely broken up. Yeah. What else ones do they have? What, what other ones stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this one, and it's mostly just, and I think you'll actually feel the same way because we feel, uh, I think we have similar feelings towards this player and the way that he plays. What if the Hawks didn't make the conference finals in 2021? That made that team so arrogant, and they thought they were the future of the Eastern Conference. And they have stunk ever since then. I mean, the regression from the Atlanta Hawks after that surprise run to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll never forget Trey Young the next season at the beginning. You know, we got a taste of what it's like to play in the Conference Finals, so regular season's just really boring for us right now. You haven't done enough to be able to say the regular season's boring. The Spurs in their prime got to be bored in the regular season. The Warriors in their prime got to be bored during the regular season. LeBron James gets to be bored during the regular season. The Hawks and Trey Young don't get to be bored. No. That team was so fluky. It made no sense. Think about this, too that Travis Schlenk, GM at the time, felt forced into paying John Collins because they went mm-hmm. uh, to the conference finals. They felt forced to you know, keep guys around that they really didn't feel were good for just in terms of the roster construction, right? Because they go that far, then you say, well, we got to run it back and we got to pay everybody. But ultimately, if you don't get that far, then John Collins probably doesn't ever get signed. He probably gets signed and traded away or you get more assets for him than you ended up getting for him this offseason. You know, maybe, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what they do. And also, what that led is is to the domino of getting DeJounte Murray as well um, because they had such a letdown that they felt they needed to do something in order to get a backcourt going for Trey Young. So there's a lot of dominoes that fall because in the Atlanta Hawks organization because they – they really overachieved, and then they thought that that was who they were, and when they were very clearly not that. 
I I have no confidence in that Hawks team heading into this year. They're thirty to one to win the East, and eighty to one to win a title. Neither one of them is. I mean, it just it's just laughable to even think about that team doing that. But here's what I will say: if this thing doesn't work out, I'm keeping Dejounte Murray. They just signed him to an extension anyway, and I'm trading Trey Young. Trey Young is one of the most overrated players in the NBA. It's all of the Steph hype after that one year at Oklahoma, and you come in. And I get it. He did, look, for, by rookie year standards, even though he was wildly inefficient, great rookie year, right? You kind of went, oh, the Luka, Trey Young trade, did everybody win? No. The Mavs still won. Now, Luka has his problems. I know you're going to call me out on that. You know my love for Luka, and that's fine. But it, it's, it's, it's okay. He's going he's gonna to stop drinking so much beer. He's going to lose some weight, Trista. It's going to be better. This year is going to be different. He's, he's going to be doing CrossFit like on TV, or it's all going to be different. No, but it, like, if you're the Hawks, there's a certain point where you just say, he's a coach killer. He's pushed multiple coaches out. He can't get along with them. He isn't taking this team to that next level. He can go 2 of 11 from 3-1 game and then get you 30 the next game. And it's just, there's a certain point where things just don't work out. You're better off selling when that's still kind of more of a you're selling when it's kind of high, right? Like You could get a lot more from yeah. him on the market then. I, I, I can see this Hawks team, after, after that it's continued to regress. I can see this Hawks team breaking things up after this coming season. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of issues there. I think Capella probably goes. I think Bogdanovich probably goes. You get give it one last cry for Trey Young, and then maybe he goes to a place like the Lakers if he wants to end up going there and playing oh, with geez. LeBron, which would sort of make sense to me, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's a team that's that's was basically 13th, 12th play-in sort of caliber team for the last while now. Uh, another one that stuck out to me, Probably one of the bigger what-ifs, I think, is if the Philadelphia 76ers would have just listened uh, and kept Jimmy Butler and not sided with Ben Simmons and mm-hmm. not sided with Tobias Harris. Remember the, the famous, Tobias Harris over me? Yes. And Jimmy Butler with, with Joel Embiid is a, a contender for a very long time, specifically once, you know, the, the Toronto Kawhi shot was such a fluke. You were going to get back to a conference. You were going to get to a conference final, conference semifinal at the very least. And you probably trade Ben Simmons before his value is garbage. Uh, you probably trade him before – you definitely trade him before that that iconic, you know, missed past layup. So he maybe he goes to a situation where his headspace isn't diminished and he he's the confident player that we thought he might be. I watched a lot of Ben Simmons' um, summer league and – LSU and high school highlights this this season this uh, this off season this summer and he was so good he was so mm-hmm. fun to watch so you move on from Ben you probably get a load of assets and you build the Sixers into a monster that was a very big missed opportunity yeah I mean Ben Simmons coming out of college the one thing that always worried me was the fact that LSU couldn't even get to the they couldn't even get to the tournament with him there. Like, you got to yep. be able to get a team to at least the NCAA tournament. That's always an alarming thing to see. But the talent was there defensively as a playmaker. And if he really wanted to, he could be at least an okay shooter. But when it gets down to the mental side of this, that's when things can really not be fixed. And they let this dwindle out. And the fact that it dwindled the way that it did, the fact that it dragged on the way that it did has put the Sixers in a position now where, dude, they may have to talk about trading Joel Embiid in a year. I mean, he may really, he may ask out in a year 
And then it's this whole thing is is for absolutely nothing. And you saw it. Like, you saw what Jimmy Butler could do for this team. You saw it in the playoffs. Obviously, we've seen what he's done with the Heat. But taking that team, I remember us saying, like, oh, they got themselves a killer now. Oh, Jimmy Butler, like, this makes sense. Look, he put the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter. That's what the Sixers needed. And then they decided Tobias Harris. And the rest is history. And now if you're Daryl Morey sitting there, you're... Daryl Morey sitting there going, I wish I had Jimmy Butler here instead. I wasn't a part of that. It's Ben MGM tonight.